Morning prayer begins on page three of the prayer book. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Continuing with the antiphon on the bottom of page eight. The Lord is glorious in his saints. O come, let us adore him. Together the Venite. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 28 on page 373. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my strength. Think no scorn of me, lest, if thou make as though thou hearest not, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my humble petitions when I cry unto thee, when I hold up my hands toward the mercy seat of thy holy temple. O pluck me not away, neither destroy me with the ungodly and wicked doers, which speak friendly to their neighbors, but imagine mischief in their hearts. Reward them according to their deeds, and according to the wickedness of their own inventions. Recompense them after the work of their hands. Pay them that they have deserved. For they regard not in their mind the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. Therefore shall he break them down, and not build them up. Praise be the Lord, for he hath heard the voice of my humble petitions. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart hath trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart danceth for joy and in my song will I praise him. The Lord is my strength, and he is the wholesome defense of his anointed. O save thy people, and give thy blessing unto thine inheritance. Feed them, and set them up forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 17th chapter of the second book of Kings. In the twelfth year of Ahaz king of Judah, Hoshea the son of Elah became king of Israel in Samaria, and he reigned nine years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, but not as the kings of Israel who were before him. Shalmaneser king of Assyria came up against him, and Hoshea became his vassal, vassal and paid him tribute money. And the king of Assyria uncovered a conspiracy by Hoshea, for he had sent messengers to So, 
king of Egypt, and brought no tribute to the king of Assyria, as he had done year by year. Therefore the king of Assyria shut him up, and bound him in prison. Now the king of Assyria went throughout all the land, and went up to Samaria, and besieged it for three years. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria, and carried Israel away to Assyria, and placed them in Halah, and by the Haber, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes. So it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt, from under the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and they feared other gods, and had walked in the statutes of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel, and of all the kings of Israel, which they had made. Also the children of Israel secretly did against the Lord, their God, things that were not right, and they built for themselves high places in all their cities, from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree, and there they burned incense on all the high places, as the nations had done whom the Lord had carried away before them, and they did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. For they served idols, of which the Lord had said to them, You shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets, namely every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways, and keep my commandments and my statutes, according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, and which I sent to you by my servants the prophets. Nevertheless they would not hear, but stiffened their necks, like the necks of their fathers, who did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes, and his covenant that he had made with their fathers, and his testimonies which he had testified against them. They followed idols, became idolaters, and went after the nations who were all around them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. So they left all the commandments of the Lord their God, made for themselves a molded image and calves, made a wooden image, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven, and served Baal. And they caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire, practiced witchcraft and soothsaying, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him to anger. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel, and removed them from his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. Also Judah did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel which they, had, which they made. And the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel, afflicted them, and delivered them into the hand of plunderers, until he had cast them from his sight. For he tore Israel from the house of David, and they made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king. Then Jeroboam drove Israel from following the Lord, and made them commit a great sin. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam which he had did, and they did not depart from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he had said by all his servants the prophets. So Israel was carried away from their own land to Assyria, as it is to this day. Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Cuthah, and from Sararvim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they took possession of Samaria and dwelt in its cities. And it was so at the beginning of their dwelling there, that they did not fear the Lord. Therefore the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. 
So they spoke to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations whom you have removed and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the rituals of the, of the God of the land. Therefore he has sent lions among them, and indeed they are killing them because they do not know the rituals of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Send there one of the priests whom you brought from there. Let him go and dwell there, and let him of the God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel, and taught them how they should fear the Lord. However, every nation continued to make gods of its own, and put them in the houses of the high places with which the Samaritans had made, every nation in the cities where they had dwelt. The men of Babylon made Sukoth benoth the men of Kuth made Nergal, and the men of Hamath made Ashima, and the Avites made Tibhaz and Tartak, and the Sepharvites burnt their children in fire to Adramalek and Anamalek, the gods of Sepharim. So they feared the Lord, and from every class they appointed for themselves priests who sacrificed for them the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, yet served their own gods, according to the rituals of the nations from among whom they were carried away. To this day they continue practicing the former rituals. They do not fear the Lord, nor do they follow their statutes or the ordinances, or the law and commandment which the Lord had commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord had made a covenant and charged them, saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But the Lord, who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm, him you shall fear, him you shall worship, and to him you shall offer sacrifice. And the statutes, the ordinances, the law, and the commandment which he wrote for you, you shall be careful to observe forever, you shall not fear other gods. And the covenant that I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor shall you fear other gods. But the Lord your God you shall fear, he will, and he will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. However, they did not obey, but they followed their former rituals. Though these nations feared the Lord, yet served their carved images, also their children and their children's children have continued doing as their fathers did, even to this day. Here endeth the first lesson. Together today in Ladamos on page 10. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth. Heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only son, also the Holy Ghost, the comforter. Thou art the king of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting son of the father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin. When thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. 
We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever, world without end. Vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted, let me never be confounded. Here begins the third chapter of the Epistle to Titus. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. But avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. When I send Artemis to you, or Tychicus, be diligent to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Send Zenus the lawyer and Apollos on their journey with haste, that they may lack nothing. And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. All who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Here endeth the second lesson. Together, Jubilate on page 15. O be joyful in the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his presence with a song. Be sure that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. O go your way into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and speak good of his name. For the Lord is gracious, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth from generation to generation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. 
he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Lord, I beseech you to keep thy household, the church, in continual godliness, that through thy protection it may be free from all adversities and devoutly given to serve thee in good works to the glory of thy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who has knit together thine elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of thy Son, Christ our Lord, grant us grace so to follow thy blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those unspeakable joys which thou hast prepared for those who unfeignedly love thee, for the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. We are, as mentioned in the note, on the octave day of all saints. We celebrate that feast on the day of, which was last Wednesday, and then we commemorate it for the following seven days, and that accounts for the use of today and Jubilate, which are sort of our festive canticles we use. Our chapter today from Second Kings is, a, is an important chapter. It's a sort of summary chapter, and it's a, a turning point or a, a, a marker in the history of Israel. Um, so this is the end of what's called the Northern Kingdom. And we remember our history that um, David uh, reigned over United Israel. He handed it over to his son Solomon, who reigned over a United Israel. But then when his son Rehoboam took over, um, they re the Northern Kingdom rebelled against him. And this is from about um, 930 on. There's a northern kingdom called Israel with a capital at Samaria. The capital comes along a little later. And there's a southern kingdom called Judah with a capital at Jerusalem. So today, the year here in this chapter is about 722 B.C. And we see that the northern kingdom had about a 200-year run. And 
Uh, they were conquered by the Assyrians, uh, who, um, and their policy was to, uh, with their conquered people, was to um, exile some of them to their country and then take people from other parts of the empire and resettle them in the conquered land so that the northern kingdom uh, became inhabited by foreigners. And this is some of the backdrop for the New Testament Samaritans, the intermingling of Jewish people with foreign blood and the religion of the Samaritans, which kept a, a, a sort of inkling or a, 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 a bit of, of Torah religion, but intermixed with all kinds of, of other things. And this chapter gives us a summary of the problem which plagues all of Israel through this, the kings, which are prophetic books because they're telling us, they're giving a moral comment on history that Israel's compromise with the nations is what eventually is their undoing. And this carries over into the Christian life because we're always tempted to do this now. The, the way you compromised in the ancient world was you know, you, you believed in the Lord and you went to the temple or you, you called, you, you, you named the Lord in your worship. But when you were in your local valley, they believed that there was a God of that valley and you had to offer sacrifice there in that area for that to prosper. And so you lived this kind of syncretized life where you, you, you did what you needed to do to get by, uh, in the various areas. And for us, it's the temptation to, you know, come to our prayer, to our worship, and name the name of Jesus, but then we go to work or somewhere else to begin to make those little subtle sacrifices and compromises we need to do to get by. But ironically, as with Israel, when we do that, it begins to chip away at us, and we just become, you know, fragmented and discontented, and our lives don't prosper. So the, the exhortation to be, to, to hold on to our, our faith and our integrity in all areas of our life, um, that's not always a simple thing. And some of the moral questions that come about how are we to be faithful in hostile environments, certainly the Old Testament doesn't envision the challenges presented by, say, employment in a modern corporation. But, but that, that is the challenge is, remains to be faithful. And that if something has to give, what has to give is, is the world so we can hold on to our faith. And those are sometimes increasingly we may be called to make sacrifices. Each of us has to work that out in his own life. But that's how we stay in connection to God and in the peace of God. And we don't drift into uh, these other things which we think are saving us, but in fact are destroying us as they did with the Northern Kingdom. And this is, we've talked about precisely the, 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 um, orientation of Titus and, and St. Paul's exhortation to Titus. Um, in the Old Testament, Israel's losing sovereignty. In the New Testament, St. Paul's writing to a community that just never had sovereignty. They're an exiled people who are through baptism and faith connected to the kingdom of God. And now, even now in the spirit living in the kingdom of God, but to live in a hostile world. So as I mentioned yesterday, all of the exhortations, how we comport ourselves in marriages and family, now today says obey the laws, it's all a matter of witness. And it's problematic, especially with the shift in our time to where we are when, when their church is always thinking about how to exert its influence to push the world to do something instead of 
thinking about how do we live in a world in such a way to, to be a faithful witness to the world, um, that, that the kingdom of God is something different than the world. And yes, there's a prophetic voice. We have to call things that are wrong, wrong. But we can't mistake the fact that the kingdom of God that we live in, in the body of Christ the church, is different from the world. And we're more in that position of exile that St. Paul's speaking about to Titus than we're in the position of sovereignty, which we once knew in, the, in our country. So holiness now is, is focuses on that faithful witness, attending to our life for prayer, attending to the word of God and thinking how, what does that look like in our lives? It's not an easy question, but it is the right question. And so we focus on those things. And it's remember, that's the pathway of sanctity is remember on the octave day of all saints that we're called to follow. So a few thoughts on today's lessons. We'll continue uh, morning prayer with the prayer for missions. This is Wednesday, our day of prayer and fasting for mission. Um, I'd also ask your prayers. I'm going tomorrow to Colorado, meeting Father Nicholas there to do some work in our Colorado mission community. So we pray for its um, work and for the work of our church and diocese and all with whom we're working in mission. We pray for the opening of new doors of mission and ministry. We pray for conversion of hearts and spiritual growth through our work and God's provision for all of our needs. Let us pray. O God, who has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the whole earth, and to send thy blessed Son to preach peace to them that are far off and to them that are nigh, grant that all men everywhere may seek after thee and find thee. Bring the nations into thy fold, pour out thy spirit upon all flesh, and hasten thy kingdom through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm. Together, the general thanksgiving on page 19. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, then unworthy servants, to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. A brief pause here for personal intercessions, and then we'll close with the prayer of St. Chrysostom and the Grace. Almighty God has given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications unto thee. And does promise that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, thou wilt grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants, as may be most expedient for them, granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth and in the world to come life everlasting. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen.
good to be with you in prayer today. Have a great day. Thank Peace you. Bye bye, everybody. Thanks, Bishop Scarlett. Have a good day, everybody. Bye, kiddo. Bye. And we will continue to pray for your trip. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. appreciate that.